Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of End of Regulation. Happy to be here. It's Tuesday, November 19th, 2019. This is episode 36, Gronk's Beach 2020. Happy to have you guys all back. Excited to have a stew crew here. Took a week off. Potentially might start running this bi-weekly unless you all pick up the fucking slack and start listening. Click to subscribe. So, to entertain you and make sure that you guys do so, let's introduce the minds behind the podcast and the crew that's thinning the herd. Coming to us live from Richmond, Tommy Lasagna, how we doing? It's good to be back. Uh, college basketball is in full effect right now, and I am happy as a clam. I'm losing a ton of money, but it's awesome. Most It's, it's the most fun I've ever had, losing money. Um, said no one ever. But next up, coming to us live from Nueve Yorke, Harry Douglas. How we doing? Doing well. Doing very well. Um, looking forward to uh, my first, you know, go at yoga tomorrow morning. And I gotta say, I'm I'm a little excited, and I'm probably a little bit more nervous than excited. So so go ahead and inform our listeners on what you're partaking in tomorrow morning. So, uh, it's called hot yoga and apparently it's in like a, or Bikram yoga as Gardner, you know, told <laughs> me could, earlier. They could be different, but I, I, I don't uh, know, but I think it's just like t- doing yoga in like a near sauna temperatures, yeah. which sounds intense. Yeah, and so you're I doing serious physical feats in overwhelming heat and you just it, had it, a chicken taco. <laughs> No, no, no. I had a, a chicken roll, which is a pizza. Ah. It's literally, ah. it's like more or less like having like a personal pizza wrapped into its own little. Hey, sub. like a calzone. Interesting. Interesting. Sure. So I'm going to go into this hot yoga um, with a chicken roll digesting. And um, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's not going to go well. Hey, same as last week. We're sticking on a uh, theme here. So let's get sweaty. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Derek Jeter, you should definitely drink some coffee. Like, wake up at 5 and chug coffee. Start drinking water now. Get it out. No, I should, I should take a deuce. Before showering. Yeah, don't eat anything or drink anything. Just yeah, I completely can't, I neglect can't, yourself of I, all sustenance. I, I truly can't mess around with this. This is like a... This is kind of... If you of, throw up, it'll be a highlight of my year. If I, dude, I'm either going to throw up or pass out. And I'm hoping that those are the only two options. Best of luck all right, to you. Well, let's, uh, let's kick it off. <clears throat> all right, ladies and gentlemen... The agenda for you so you know what is coming at you like a train off the rails. We've got some banner for you. We've got a question corner. We're going to talk a little bit to the co-hosts about some thoughts. We're going to do some Instagram updates. Gronk Beach, hence the title. Our thoughts on male teachers and more. We're going to talk about the NFL. <clears throat> some updates to talk about Kaepernick, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, and the future of Philip Rivers. 
We'll also sum it up with some world of sports, that being college basketball and a little bit of drama in the MLB. So let's go ahead and get things rolling. Warm the tires up. Question corner here for you. We've all faced it in our lives, those awkward encounters with people who have low self-esteem that feel the need to uh, project that low self-esteem onto others and put us in very interesting scenarios. So I want to ask you advice, both of you, on what you do when placed in situations where someone says something uh, that makes you uncomfortable, that is of low self-esteem kind of matter. Something along the lines of, I look fat, or I look terrible in this outfit, etc. Something that nobody likes to fucking deal with. And uh, as somebody who doesn't like to deal with it, I kind of shy away from it. I like awkwardly laugh. I'm like, ha ha ha. <laughs> That's very so, reassuring. How, how are you supposed to? Are you supposed to be like, I mean, especially if they like do look kind of fat? <laughs> you don't want to lie. You don't want to be no. dishonest. Have you never dealt with this, this situation? No, dude. I get like weirded out when people make little like jabs that like oh i'm gonna jump off a bridge or like i'm gonna fucking you know what i mean like that shit kind of like weirds me out i'm like okay let's fucking take it easy or they bring up something just really dark in in a with no context they're like oh yeah man you know my cousin got hit by a bus on a day like this it's like whoa dude yeah it's like where where do we pivot this conversation to now yeah i mean you know i guess you can just walk in silence for the rest of the duration of wherever the fuck you're going see i i think you this is where it's okay to tell one of those white lies maybe they are just a little insecure and you tell them no you're not fat especially if you're talking to a chick the number one thing is you just you never ever ever under any circumstance i don't care who it is you're never like yo chick you're fat. You're large. Yeah. No. You no. Okay. It, that's obviously, fair. But like, okay. how do you how do you dance around that? Because first of all, if they're expressing this, you know, insecurity, they're looking for or fishing for a compliment. And like, fine, I'll give it to you. But it's just a weird scenario. It's just what some people need. You know, you're like, nah, nah, nah. You look beautiful. You look beautiful. You're gorgeous. Let's uh, well, that, let's do, go. That's why we got people food. like you, Tom. Let's go get some food. I'll get a steak and we'll get you a garden salad or something. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys do you guys have any friends that like guy friends that ever make comments like that? Uh, uh I mean you. You kind of do. Not by not. <laughs> don't call him out. Not by name. Oh, not no, you. I mean, yeah, not I've, you. I've my, known... my friend Haroldson Crimes. You don't know. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah. yeah no, that, I mean, no. I've, I've, I've encountered people. I won't, I won't out them, but you know that have said like, oh man, I suck at this, or I'm no good at that. I wish I was better at this. It's like, yeah, all right, that's all right, not man. the same as as one of your guys' friends coming up to you saying, man, like, does this like, do I look fat in this shirt? Yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, yeah. If, like it's, if it's one of my boys, I'm yeah. like, yeah, dude, that that's not a good look for you. Yeah, you look because like, you're because you're, you're looking out for right, it. right. It's it's all about the perspective of who you're talking to. Um, but yeah, most of the times to circle back to our main point here, I'm more than likely just diffuse it and be like, no, you don't. You look great. You look great. I love you. It's very I nice. Well, there, there's the advice. It's just diffuse every time because you, you don't you don't know Deflect. you don't know what somebody unless they're like your boys like you said and you're looking out for them you don't really know what somebody's going through so there's no reason to shame them 
Next next time somebody does that, just say in response, have you ever heard of end regulation? Actually, yeah. It's yeah, a good call. Get their mind just right off. Reflect the conversation. And they're like, what? What is this? And then they got to look it up and then they're hooked. Yes. All right. Yeah, that's a great Speaking call. of uh, end of regulation, as you all know, we run not only a podcast, but an Instagram as well to keep you guys entertained 24 7. Recently, after uh, testing it out in Canada and other parts of the world, the globe, not flat, um, they have gotten rid of likes. And uh, I got to say, from a personal standpoint, I don't really care because I get shamed by my sisters who have 1,200 fucking friends and get 500 plus likes on every photo versus my 40. But from a business standpoint, when you're trying to run something without those likes, it's pretty detrimental to a brand. So I don't know if it is. Dude, I just uh, think like what... I think the self-esteem point, like there's no reason 13-year-old girls should have to compare themselves to likes. Completely agree with that. But if you're trying to build a brand, impressions is what controls this fucking society. Right. But if you're still and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe still with the analytics, like you can still see back end, you can still go to if you're promoting a brand, you can still go to them with the actual stats of impressions, likes, views are like video correct, views correct. Yes. and say here here's you so have like a view to that yeah because and that's all that matters all you got to do is provide them with that t- with that data and they go okay like this is still a worthwhile investment for you to be promoting us on instagram but i think to a certain degree those impressions have a degree of like reassurance or assurance i should say for for viewers or for the, users because well, they say like okay these individuals clearly whether they're you know correct or not people like what they have to say i'm going to start to also look at what they have to say and yes granted with the analytics like you said you can still be put in the explore page because you accumulate enough likes but i just think at the same time it's important for for growing building brands um and this goes way beyond just us you know this is for people who are starting legitimate businesses um but you know, that's just me. I think, well, I think I, it's a really I, good idea. I think like you just, you can differentiate it. Like you see it on Google, there's business drives and there's personal drives. You know, you're uploading dick pics yeah. to one and you're uploading your resume to the other. That's exactly Sometimes right. both. And, and I think it really Sometimes comes down, I, I think it really comes down to like, do we think that people are more inclined to like photos now that there isn't a history of that of you liking the photo i mean there is a history on your own personal end and i guess someone if they really wanted to comb through like hundreds of thousands of likes if it's like a big account could find you and technically but like do you think people now are going to be liking more photos than previously because and i don't think it's, it's, it's going to be the same across the board because let's take instagram models for instance a lot of guys probably never liked their photos because they didn't want a girl in their life yeah. knowing that they were liking this girl's photo so 100% guarantee likes for Instagram models is skyrocketing. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah, so I mean that's huge, but that's almost I shouldn't say a niche because there's a billion of them, but I think nobody's nobody's hiding from liking something like, you know, sports with Ashley or JDR Sports or, you know, Capper's Place or 
end of regulation. All these smaller. Well, we can put it. We can put it. To, <coughs> excuse me. We can put it to the test. Honestly. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what it does, but I also think, like, from a psychological standpoint, I think it's going to do wonders. It's going to knock out, you know, kids who are wildly depressed because of their image from instant gratification. Yeah. Well, but, I uh, I think this kind of reta- or like goes back to what we were just talking about when somebody's like do i look fat or whatever going on that point it's like a lot of people will use their likes on a photo to be like oh look look at you know i got 500 likes and to you know some people that serves as like a a status symbol of sorts to be like wow look how many people like me now without that some people may get a little you know more down on themselves it might be a bad thing yeah um, I mean, they've done studies on the on the effects of or the, the correlation between the amount of time spent on Facebook versus uh, depression, and and like so it's in the same and the same holds true for Instagram as well. So uh, definitely, I, I think it's kind of like a heavy topic, but at the same time, I think getting rid of likes is is a step in the right direction. I just don't get why they like let you actually physically count because there's going to be a handful of individuals that will like scroll through every single like on somebody's picture just to count it but no, it, it, whatever oh uh, well someone someone else's photo counts your own like you it, can still see your own yes yeah, but i can go on your page and it'll say like it'll give one name and others and then you can click the and others portion and like physically count how many likes yeah has. well tom to that point those people can hop on the list are they getting thinned they're gonna get they're getting thin because that's that's insane if someone actually did that to feel better about themselves that's that's a shame all right well let's keep Um, keep rolling here keep rolling i got a good one i just sent you guys a text message um oh shoot actually that's the wrong picture but that's one of the pictures those are the leftover seeds i'm sending you the second picture but this kind of uh segues into our next topic um actually no it's not it's later down the line. What, uh, what, what is this text here? It says, wiping my ass, be there shortly. Did oh, did you yeah. mean to send that to us? You know, you got to get duties done before you get to the duties. Uh, you know? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice, Tom. <laughs> got him. Uh, got him. You know, got him. When a guy's got to go, he's got to go. Uh, all right, let's talk Gronkowski. Um, let's be brief about it. Then we can segue into the NFL, but... He recently made an announcement that he was going to make an announcement on Tuesday. Uh, that was, I believe, the deadline for the Patriots, Tom. Was that correct? Uh, Gronk has until November 30th to decide if he's coming back. Okay, so he was um, very adamant about making an announcement. He's done this in the past. People got all you know rowdy about a potential comeback. What he basically announced was that he was taking his talents to Miami, not to play football, but to run a festival, uh, Gronk Beach 2020. And uh, it's going to have a whole bunch of artists there. He put up a promo post about it, the internal Gronks fighting over whether to go back to football or party. Uh, And he chose to continue partying. So that's where we stand. Um, he was quoted saying, won't say never on a return, but it won't be in 2019. Want to get your guys' thoughts on uh, all of this because we had a little bit of a chit-chat about it earlier. 
I, I am I am done with Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> Fuck Gronk. And this isn't this has nothing to do with him. Like, oh, maybe I'll come back. Maybe I'm not. It, okay, I don't even need you to make up your mind. But just like stop holding it in front of my face like you are coming back. Because all week he was talking. He like retweeted something to Brady about like I don't even know some bullshit. But he like retweeted Brady and Edelman and like a few other players. It's like we doing this, boys. We doing this. And then even in this stupid fucking announcement video, which you can find on his Instagram page, it's like he's playing like good Gronk, bad Gronk, and like the good Gronk is like go play football, and the bad Gronk is like no, let's go party with bitches and do drugs, and. Like, the fact that he's just using the possibility of, like, no, you should go back, you should return, like, it, it shows that he's, like, well aware of it, and he's, like, purposefully just using it to build promo for himself, and that's something that I don't like. It's something that Patriots Nation has, as a whole, responded very negatively to, and if I'm Robert Kraft and Tom Brady, who have been lobbying and pleading with him to come back for months now, this may be the last straw. Because when he's like, what's, oh, what's, I want to come back, they might just tell him to go fuck. What's crazy is a lot of these athletes go into the NFL, and then they build a brand for themselves. Gronk has left the NFL and used the NFL to, <laughs> to make a brand for it, himself. Dude, it's unreal. He's on, like, you know, Thursday Night Countdown. He's on all the, like, Fox preview shows with, like, Terry Bradshaw and, you know, that whole squad. And it's just, like, he's so still intertwined. But he's the biggest, like, dumbest idiot I just, I know those are terrible words to describe a big dumb idiot, but it's literally like the best I can do. I just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why he's doing this to us. And uh, I, I don't know. I hope he, I hope he enjoys being in Miami least, when we win a fucking or, ring without him. At least he said he's not or, coming back in 2019. Or Tom. Or. He's a genius who makes about 10x the amount of money all three of us combined make yeah there's obviously think about that? no doubt about that are, but are you are you calling rob gronkowski a genius do you believe that i think you really he's, believe that i think he's using his popularity and fame to his advantage to continue making money and having fun while doing it that's just like that's just the way I see it. I do understand. As you're a Patriots fan, you have bias. Of course you do. Yeah. Like of course. Yeah, but and, and somebody of course... who doesn't have bias, I think it's ridiculous to continuously fuck with a extremely loyal fan base and a team that was loyal to you and provided you this outlet to do this fuckery that you're doing. Right. And that's just kind of where I, I see it from. It's almost like a. a like a principal thing, you know? I don't care. He's living the fucking dream. The guy's living the life. Every guy wants to be Rob Gronkowski. I don't know necessarily about his IQ, but they take everything else. But I think but I, think I was be, born with a higher IQ than Rob Gronkowski. To, to be doing this to a city, to a team, to an organization that built everything that he has today is... Uh, come on, boys. Come I mean, let's let's... Call it what it is. The guy is helped the bring three. The guy helped bring three Super Bowls to New England. Like, what more do you want? You want another Super Bowl, I guess. But it looks like they're doing just fine without him. Uh, I don't three know. Super Bowls, <laughs> man. Have you seen our offense recently? Yeah, it doesn't look great. Not you guys great. don't have a tight end. Correct. And um, 
and it is what it is. Maybe he's teasing you again, and he's now like on November thirtieth. He's gonna be like, "Psych, Gronk Beach is still happening, but I'm gonna be on the Patriots. Go have fun." No, at this point, fuck him. I hope he stays on the beach and he fucking watches us win another ring without him from the beach. That see, th- th- this is the silver lining in it all. Is that Brady is probably so fucking pissed off that he's just gonna go out and rub it in Gronk's face now. So it he'll rub it in Gronk's face, but it's gonna be playful. Also, talk about silver lining. Oh, I fuck! I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, yeah, fuck the silver lining. I forgot what I was gonna Gronk, say. I had a really Brady, good point. It was a really lining. solid point, but I forget what it was. Well, so. we'll get back to it. But I think this is a good segue uh, while we're heated to excuse me Ooh, sloppy joe's coming up um to segue into the nfl and our first topic of the night which is kaepernick burning bridges this <laughs> and look this one look, falls pre- a little bit in line with, with what rob is doing yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. but let's preface that this is we leave politics at the door this is coming at it from a sports mind and a marketing mind and for those of you who don't know, Colin Kaepernick, <clears throat> go Google him and you can look up his background. I'm just going to inform you of what's recently happened. Uh, had a workout set up through the NFL, which was a massive stride in their relationship. It was set up uh, in an NFL facility. They were going to have, I believe, NFL receivers there. Um, but I believe it was contingent on there being no media and press or their media and press. It was something that disrupted the Kaepernick camp. They canceled, I think, like hours before. Mm -hmm. Moved it to a high school in Atlanta, and they used their own receivers, brought their own media and press. He followed up with a speech that went viral, which is basically said, I've been ready and I've been denied for three years. And uh, he's ready to be given his opportunity by any of the 32 teams. And took a jab at the NFL saying that, you know, he made this decision because they weren't being transparent. And, you know, I think there there is never a time in my life where I've ever agreed with Stephen A. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I agree with that. But his fucking rant about Kaepernick taking advantage of this whole situation and not caring about playing football, rather controlling the narrative, is it, it hits the nail right on the head. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I think if this guy really wanted to come back and play football, and, and people can say like, "Oh my God, there's so many better," or "He's better than so many current starting quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks." you're kind of just missing the point of the whole thing i mean for an nfl team he decided to colin kaepernick decided to make himself a divisive character in society in the sense where he's standing up for something he believes in but in terms of the business model of a football team if someone decides to sign him you're risking a lot of 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 ticket sales a lot yeah you're pretty much going to split your fan base up between people who are, are for his message and people who are against his message because Football is an American sport. There's a lot of people who take a lot of pride in the flag and everything it stands for and don't appreciate someone doing what he's done. Right. So that's the reason why, like, so many – that for three years this has gone on because NFL teams just don't want to touch it. It, it, For them, it's just bad for business. And and regardless, you know, and now we're at the point where everyone's like, you know, 
tempers have kind of cooled off and he gets this opportunity. It's all set up. The NFL bent over backwards to get this guy everything he wanted, you know, his own receivers, uh, you know, uh, these liability waivers. And that's really what, what broke the, you know, uh, what broke the uh, straw on the camel's back was that, you know, not all the liability waivers were signed. So three hours before he was like, okay, we're changing the location. It's going to be at this high school outside of Atlanta. It's going to be my own guys. Media is allowed in. And, you know, he wears a Kunta Quinte shirt, all that stuff. So, you know, it just shows that the guys, you know, he kind of went into the darkness for a while in terms of like just his fame and, and, you know, his message. And he used this platform that the NFL literally put on a platter for him, uh, you know, to, to, to get back in, into the spotlight. And when you piss off Stephen A. Smith and Jay-Z, two guys who are pretty pro, like, you know, equality and all that and, and social justice, you're, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, you've stepped on some toes. And I think what would be interesting is, you know, the hypothetical situation, had he actually gone to the facility, uh, followed through with, you know, the liability waivers and everything that came with um, this workout, you know, I think he, he, he could very well have been already signed to a team. And, but again, as everyone has alluded to, he doesn't care about playing football. This is continuing to build his brand. And again, like Harrison said, that's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's great. But don't disrupt a fan base and don't take advantage of a message that you sought out to spread. Because at this point, that's what he's doing. He, he's taking a, a group of individuals that rode with him and he's now just you know yeah yeah it's profiting it's, off of it it's unfortunate well, one of the things I that i think was a dude well no but this is going to get nike money ad? back in his pocket that was one of the things that that he requested was that nike would be there at this atlanta falcons facility to shoot a commercial and that really probably should have been the first clue red flag or red flag that he wasn't doing this to, to for the pure love of the game and trying to get back like he was still tr doing this to profit and, and create, you know, his own content around his Nike campaign to ultimately make more money. I guess my question is, what was his his long term play here? Because if he had gone back and continued these shenanigans, if he had gotten picked up by a team, I mean, he would have just again been released and blackballed. And it's like, okay, you've now replicated the process, and you're back at square one. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't necessarily understand the play here. We'll see how it plays out. We'll keep you up to date. Uh, but in my opinion, I think he burnt his last bridge with access to the NFL. So um, nice little pun here. He fumbled that opportunity hmm. pretty pretty hmm. badly. So let's move on to uh, somebody else who uh, has got hands like feet right now, and that's Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Phillip Rivers. Uh, had an absolute abysmal game on Monday night versus Kansas City. It's 24-17 loss. He finished 28 of 52, 353 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions. This has been uh, something that has been trending in the organization. He's now come out and said he understands that he's responsible for losing these games. Um there would have been five interceptions had Tyron Matthews not dropped that ball. Um, so he got lucky there, sweating. But it puts into question his role 
in 2020 and whether or not the Chargers need to go seeking a QB in this upcoming draft. So I'll turn it over to you guys um, to, to chat about this a little bit. You know, the Chargers now have missed the playoffs five times in the last <laughs> six seasons. Um, so there's something that's got to change. Is, is that the Chargers aren't eliminated yet? There's still plenty of football to be had. Uh, they're they're face they're four and seven, third in the AFC West. Yeah, I think and, Monday and night's game was kind of what was going to turn around. The uh, season. Yeah. did the Buffalo Bills are the fucking well, well. We'll get into this at a later date. Playoffs or not, yeah. Philip Rivers hasn't been great this year. But the fact of the matter is, the guy is just a fucking gunslinger. And with that mentality, you get interceptions. It happens. Also, you get yardage. Philip Rivers is second in the league in passing yards this season, only behind Dak Prescott, who has had like four 400-yard games. Yeah, but five of the last six seasons, they've missed the playoffs. And, yeah. I mean, I'm not putting all of that on Phil Rivers, considering you look at the division that he's in, like the— the AFC West is, you know, kind of considered one of the toughest, probably the most competitive um, in the AFC, I would think, in the last recent, you know, five or six seasons, given Denver's success, the emergence of Kansas City. Um, Oakland hasn't been great, but they're, you know, they're starting to turn it on. Um, I don't know. I, I've always been a big Phil Rivers guy. And, you know, they especially they just had the coaching change, so things are a little shaky right now. Uh, the whole you know Melvin Gordon issue that wasn't ideal to start the season. I'm not blaming Phil 100 percent here. He's thrown 14 interceptions this season, and his career high was 21 when he led the league in 2016. So we are uh, trending in the wrong way. Uh, trending yeah. in the wrong well, wrong way. And, and Tom, so, I can't. So I, I appreciate. Can't... I appreciate your point. But like I said, having missed the playoffs that many years and being this veteran who's been in the league for 16 years, it's, uh, it's not looking good. It's, it's trending, like Harrison said, downwards. And, um, you know, the, it, it kind of poses the question, like, having had the career you've had and the success and, <clears throat> you know, the fan base that's loved you, you know, why, why continue to push it? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh and and go out on a note where everybody just remembers you as somebody who threw 40 interceptions in a season. Well, yeah. Sorry, Grams, go ahead. I mean, I just got to say I I Tom, I got to disagree with you. I mean, I don't really know why you're defending Philip Rivers, but you are. I mean, what is the other than a stats? Like what has the guy done to bring overwhelming success to to the Chargers? The guy's never won a Super Bowl. I don't think he's got a very good playoff record. I don't even know what his playoff record is. I don't think they've been in the playoffs very often. Um, and and he's got all the talent in the world around him. He's got Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, who sits third string running back, and the guy is, is Just, very Justin solid. Jackson he's got, been out for like three weeks. Yeah, no, but he's listed as questionable. He's coming back. And he's got two guys in front of him. I'm not really worried about it. He's got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, who was, yes, out most of the season. Um, before that, he had one of the best tight ends, you know, to ever play in Antonio Gates, um, you know, for the majority of his career. And, you know, he's played with he's always had people around him. And, and you know, granted, there's probably some holes other where uh, and, and other places like the O-line and their defense isn't like, you know, isn't perfect by any means. But at some point, you got to point the finger 
similar to the New York Giants, you got to point the finger at your QB and his, you know, inability to secure, you know, protect the football, his inability to, I mean, you can throw the ball 500 yards a game. It doesn't matter if you're not winning. Yeah, I mean. And so for them, they've got Tyrod Taylor at second string. I don't know if, I think they'll keep filling for the rest of the season because because of who he is to that franchise. And it's not like Tyrod Taylor is like the first round pick from last year's draft who they're going to try out because just to give him a shot and see what he does. But I, I would put a lot of money that Philip Rivers retires after the season. I, I, and I, and the focus will be going here. after a QB next season for the 2020. I, I, think, yeah, I think the Chargers I mean, it, would it, be it, dumb not to draft a quarterback, especially in this upcoming draft. That's, I think the same thing. Um, yeah, there's plenty of quarterbacks. There's probably five solid quarterbacks have been coming out this year. Uh, I'm a little unsure what Tua is going to do at this point, and we can discuss that later. But, um, yeah, they'd be they'd be very, very dumb not to take a quarterback. Um, well, let's um, move on on the topic of dumb to our next subject. If you missed the drama, no worries, it's back. Antonio Brown uh, has made or given, I should say, a press release, which uh, was, for the first time in his life, something positive. And he gave a public apology to Robert Kraft and the Patriots organization. Basically, what I saw as, or interpreted as, him on his hands and knees begging for an opportunity to get back some of the money, reciprocate some of the shit that he's lost. Um... I don't bite. I think this is just like you guys said, or Harrison said, this is a trend here. It's Antonio Brown, Gronk, and fucking Cap. All these guys are just using this now to further build an image off the field. Cool. Whatever. Fine. I'm over it. But I I think that's what it is. I don't think this guy's coming back. He still has, you know, the underlying legality issues. He still has you know the personality yeah disorder issues. i was gonna say i wanted to correct you uh this is the second positive thing ever to happen to him the first was his personality disorder diagnosis as yeah, positive exactly um so second positive thing i just i think whatever doctor he's been seeing just loaded him up on the maximum dosage of lithium and brought him back down to earth and he's like oh fuck um, I probably shouldn't badmouth a guy who is en route to his seventh Super Bowl uh, and literally, you know, stuck his neck out for me in the beginning of the season. Unfortunately, yeah, he's fucked. Nobody's going to pick him up. If the Patriots aren't willing to fuck with you, then, you know, then that's that. You're done. And, you know, there are the outlying cases here and there, but for the most part, um, Given everything that happened in Oakland, the Patriots were widely viewed as, you know, his last chance. And I think that bridge is burned. Fuck you, AB. Not to mention the fact that with what you've done, go see the mans in person. Hop on your fucking helicopter that you're flying into uh, preseason with or, or to training camp with and go see Robert Kraft. Shake the man's hand and apologize. Look him in the eyes. Don't tweet it. Don't post it on Instagram, you schmuck. No, yeah. I mean, personally, I think Robert Kraft is too proud to ever 
talk to this guy again. Oh, I I agree. I mean, he would show up and ring the doorbell and Kraft would turn him away, but at least it would show that he's got some fucking class and dignity. But I honestly think he was laying in bed and this all just, like you said, came into fruition. He was like, holy cow, I've destroyed the entirety of my career. Um, all right, well, let's move on to somebody else who has uh, potentially destroyed their career, and that is Miles Garrett. Uh, we are talking about the aftermath. You all already know the story, the infamous helmet smash. We want to talk to you a little bit about the response after the fact, uh, the Steelers versus the Browns, and, and how they dealt with it. It kind of sums up their organizations as a whole. Freddie Kitchens was quoted saying, we stand by Miles Garrett. Mike Tomlin was quoted saying, we take full responsibility for our actions. I think this is a testament to the fact that Freddie Kitchens and the Browns organization are scumbags. They're standing behind a guy who has done something that we have never... I mean, this is something that you... Like Billy Madison took his skate off and tried to stab another player. Like, he took equipment off of another player and use it as a weapon <clears throat> if you were in the real world you would go to prison but this is the nfl so it's fine everybody's already been to prison yeah exactly um he has been suspended indefinitely um but i just wanted to kind of get your guys thoughts on freddie kitchens you know i get it you know it's his coach and is it's his team but you just you can't defend that you really truly just can't and I think Mike Tomlin, who was not necessarily in any shape or form in the wrong, his players were defending, literally defending their quarterback who was being beaten. So I don't know. I just think this is a, a true testament to their colors and their organizations. Um, not that the Steelers are A-class citizens, but... Freddie Kitchens is an idiot. That's all I have to they say. They came out on top here. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and wrap up the NFL here. I uh, just wanted to throw out the Thursday night football game coming up, Colts versus Texans. Wanted to get your guys' opinions on it, uh, see if you have any ideas on uh, this game. Maybe put some money in some people's pockets. Don't know if you have any thoughts. Yeah, I think judging by last week's performance, um, with Indy, I, I just feel like they're they're going the wrong way. They're they're trending down as far as trending, as far as trending goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and and I think Houston's kind of you know they're in a point where they really need to like, every win's going to count. And I think that I, that's a, a blanket statement. But I think when you look at it, uh, Indy is just banged up. I think. You know, you saw Marlon Mack is out for about four weeks. He got surgery on his broken hand. Um, T.Y. Hilton has been out for a, a couple weeks and kind of has been in and out of the lineup for most of the year. Eric Ebron, questionable. Um, and so with that said, I, I think Houston's a more high-powered team. Indy's defense is going to be what's going to be able to keep them around and keep them in the game. Um, Tom, are you seeing a line for this game yet? It is currently at... The Texans are four-point favorites. Okay. Um, and this is in Houston. I, I like taking Texans um, with those four points, you know, or, you know, giving up four points. And, you know, don't need to say much more. I, I think that's just the pick. 
Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree to that for most of the reasons you just listed. Um, and I I just I don't like that Jacoby Brissett probably still isn't a hundred percent. And I think we saw that this past weekend. The Colts ran for two hundred and sixty four yards all over Jacksonville. And that is an impressive number. Probably not going to be repeated without Marlon Mack. Um, these teams met about a month ago, and Indy won uh, at home 30-23. And Jacoby Brissett threw for four touchdowns. Um, I, don't, I don't see him repeating that. I think that Houston is going to be more prepared this time, ready to make a statement after a beatdown last week. Give me Houston in the points. Alrighty. Well, you heard it here first. Voiced. I'm not apologizing for that. Um, all right. Next up on the topic of Houston, we're talking world of sports. As we had mentioned, we're going to talk about some MLB drama going on. You probably are familiar. The Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal. It's a little bit of a tongue twister there. Um Wanted to open this up to you guys and talk to you a little bit about it. I sent you guys two pictures that I thought were wildly interesting. And for those of you who are listening, the pictures depict, uh, there's two of them, and they depict two stations and in the background towels that are covering cameras with TVs set up um, where they believe that said signs were being stolen. Um and these aren't physical signs, so I'm going to turn this over to Tom to uh, talk to us a little bit more in detail as to what was going on. Looking at those pictures, I have no idea what's going on, how this setup, it took so long for it to come out. But essentially, the Astros had a camera in center field uh, zoomed in and focused on the opposing catcher's dick, and they were just watching signs. <laughs> And every time, it, it, they were watching it in real time. So when somebody, you know, if they put down a curveball, uh, this guy that was watching the signs from the camera would hit a trash bin and the players on the Astros could pick up that noise and, you know, one bang is a curveball, two bangs is a, you know, whatever, a slider. And essentially, they just had this whole rhythm of picking up signs where, they knew what was going on, but the opposing teams, you know, a, a, a simple noise like hitting the trash can that is is lined up in the dugout, just look, you know, that's just common noise amongst the 30,000 fans at the stadium. And so all of a sudden, so, pitchers are just getting lit up because they know what's coming. They know when to sit fastball. They know when to lay off a pitch. They, like, they knew the pitches that were coming, and this has been going on for three years. So the pictures that you're looking at are basically the headquarters behind the dugouts, uh, the whole kind of organization that they had going, like you said, with the trash can, which is sitting next to those two seats. You have a TV set up. There are towels set up to block what is viewed to the uh, public as well as video cameras so they can't see in, nor can they see what's happening. Um and it's just clear as day that uh, that this was happening. It was blatant. They were caught. And um, MLB Commissioner Fred Manfred has insisted that the uh, punishments will be swift and 
uh, severe. So it'll be interesting to see if you get kind of the equivalent of the death penalty here in a professional organization, professional so, sport. Uh, as a quick question, um, and um, Tom, if you want to answer this, what do you think, assuming that they are guilty of this, because um, a lot of evidence points to them being guilty, what is an appropriate punishment? Do you strip the title? Uh, well, yeah, for starters, they are no longer the 2017 world champions. That is, uh, that is like the tip of the iceberg. Um, I think manager AJ Hinch is fucked. He'll probably get canned. He might get banned for life. If you, if, if you think of the likes of Pete Rose, who got banned for betting on himself every night, imagine a guy who is cheating the system real time. for three this years. This is real time cheating. <laughs> AJ Hinch is going to get banned for life. The coach or whoever's sitting back there probably fired banned for life. It worries me a bit because Alex Cora, Red Sox manager, was 2017 bench coach for the Houston Astros. So I'm worried about the implications there and my team, which is bad. Um, And then it's all going to matter uh, from there on to the degree of which they can investigate the players. If they can't really pick everybody, I think they'll probably just find the whole roster, just kind of a collective blanketing. Uh, but this all started from ex-pitcher Mike Fears coming out and being like, oh, they're they're cheating, which I don't know what instigated him to like rat out the team to begin with. Uh, but we're talking about Jose Altuve's MVP in Jeopardy. We're talking about, I think, Alex Bregman or Carlos Correa might have won a Silver Slugger. Uh, just all sorts of you know awards and you know. I mean, the other reason accolades. I sent you that that picture was because the Yankees posted it. Um, and the reason I mentioned that, not that they're bitter by any means, but well, it wasn't the Yankees like account. It was no, a, yeah, a Yankees was, like a fan, fan base. account. Sorry. Um, thank you for the clarification. But, um, you know, th- this kind of, like Tom says, brings this whole investigation, uh, it just kind of explodes. I mean, you have the Astros going on. Granted, they lost the World Series, but beat the Yankees. And if this was something that they were using, it's clear that they won by means of cheating. And, you know, I guess my question to you guys is, do you think this is something that, do you think they got caught and this was just, a one team one thing deal or do you think this is widely used and they just were in the wrong place at the wrong time uh my my inclination is that this is just a huge houston astros uh thing potentially um, boston potentially boston and yeah, uh, yeah absolutely and tom to your point about about uh, uh freeze or however you pronounce his name you know, ratting them out. I mean, the guy's on a different MLB team. Like, he's in his clubhouse saying, by the way, guys, we're about to go play the Houston Astros. This is one thing they used to do, and especially in the, in the the between the pitchers on – what what team is he on now, Indians? Uh, I don't even know if he still plays. Let's do a little check here. Mike Fears, Freeze. He's a pitcher for the Athletics. Okay, so, you know, he's in the Athletics pitching room, and he's like, by the way, guys, like, you know, these guys, this is what these guys do. And it's not even ratting out, just like, 
what Houston's doing gives them such a, a massive competitive advantage over the other over the not only the the other pitcher, but just the team in general. And and if that's the case, if you're on a different team at this point, like what what good does it do you to hold that information in? So he's quoted here saying, I just want the game to be cleaned up a little bit because there are guys who are losing their jobs because they're going out there not knowing. Young guys getting hit around the first couple of innings starting a game, and then they get sent back down. It's BS on that end. It's ruining jobs for younger guys. Uh, he says a bunch more. Uh, very good point to be made. Although um, it seemed to benefit you pretty well in 2017, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Just, right. I mean, but I mean, with that being said, if if this is the case, he'll be stripped of that title, and so I don't think he, I don't think he genuinely cares. No. Well, that's 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 very legitimately taking the moral high road. Yeah, and or high I mean, I'm I'm glad to see it because yeah, to to Harrison's point, this seems to be just a Houston Astros thing, potentially Boston, uh, potentially potentially <laughs> Boston, uh, but also on on this note, this just goes to show you how fucking filthy Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer are. These guys knew what was coming and they still couldn't hit it. Shout out my nationals. Yeah. Shout out shout out Max Scherzer. Shout out Steven Strasburg. <laughs> I heard I heard uh something from a little birdie Twitter, if you didn't catch up on that. Uh that Scherzer may be getting a pretty lucrative deal from the Nationals after insinuating that he was going to leave. Uh yeah, I mean the Nats are gonna probably they if they're smart, they'll sign Rendon and then they're going to sign Scherzer and, you know, make, make do with the rest of the young guys they have for the next couple of years. Uh, I don't know what Scherzer's contract looks like at the moment, but I would just, okay, whatever number he asks for because he scares the living shit out of me. And he's also the best in the game. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's move on here uh, from the MLB to college football. We won't hit on it too much. Games have come and gone. New rankings have been released. You can go check those out. Uh, wanted to talk mostly about the future for Alabama after the devastating uh, and gruesome injury that took place this weekend to Tua, uh, who is out for the 2019 season with a dislocated hip and posterior wall fracture something that was similar uh, to what Bo Jackson experienced that ruined his career forever. Um, wanted to ask you guys what this meant for Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide uh, and their future. This season, I should say. <laughs> it's, it's and, and Tua, I guess. I'll throw that in there. Too. So, so they're going to have this kid, Mac Jones, um, starting for them going forward. Uh, you, Bama's just got kind of issues. Their offense is filthy. Um, probably the best receiving core in the, in the nation. And all Mac Jones has to do is just get the ball into their hands. And, and offensively, they're going to be okay. But their defense still has holes. They're super young. They're hurt. Um, I, I really don't think... I mean, it, it just... The SEC is going to get a little tricky here because, you know... If Georgia, if Bama could just figure out ways to win the the rest out the rest of their games, you know they should be able to make it in um, to the college football playoff. And 
it's hard to say, you know, just like what's going to really happen. It's unfortunate what happened, but in fairness, Tua probably shouldn't have been in the game at that point. And I know yes. that's like the only storyline about that is it's similar to like uh, Friday Night Lights about like with like playing booby. Yeah. You know, and, and he tears his ACL. It's a similar thing. It's like, well, why is he in the game? The game was like, it was like 38 to 10 at that point. And it is what it is. Hindsight's 2020. Um, I think what's interesting is if you dissect what Saban said after the play, um, you know, he seemed emotional about it, as he should, because, you know, as a coach, he he said, uh, Tua made this decision, the team made this decision, we were going to put Mack in right after that play, he wanted to finish this drive, um, th- but there was absolutely no reason, there was zero reason, and I get yeah. that Tua wanted it. And I get that the team wanted it, but you are the coach, and you are not. And he's already been banged up too. You're, like you're if he number was if... five in the nation, and right? To make risky plays like that is just like I get making that move in the college playoffs, but you're yeah. not there yet. I I he just what he's he wasn't a hundred percent. I I disagree. He wasn't a hundred percent. So why what? would you keep him in the game? Like you knew he already had a bum ankle. You knew that he's. The guy takes shots, man. For for an offensive line as good as Bama's, like because he, he rolls out a lot and he hangs onto the ball, he extends plays, but detrimental to his own health. And I just, I just don't you know, see like you're there to play the game. You're not there to play half the game. You're not there to play part of the game. And if you're worried about getting hurt, you shouldn't play the game at all. I know he was banged up beforehand, but this injury was uh, just a freak injury that had nothing to do no correlation with his previous injury his ankle injury like shit just happens sometimes but this game was in the bag uh it was close or not it wasn't like super close but the whole the whole quote was i wanted to out there to finish this drive to practice a two-minute drill to practice trying to score within two minutes because in the college playoff if he needs three or seven points in under two minutes you need to be there before you know you need to have reps doing that and so that's, you know, that was his thought behind it. And he said, okay, go finish this drill. See if you can get points on the board for practice. And then you'll bet you'll sit the second half. And I mean, that's a, ver- that's a very valid point. But I think, you know, now what you're faced with is, uh, you know, an inferior quarterback who hasn't had nearly as many reps, Mm-mm. has not meshed with the team over the course of, 10 plus games um and you know team aside who knows what what the future for two is you know they they said that they were able to place it i I don't have any idea from a medical perspective but they said they were able to place it uh there on the field which helped and it didn't create blood clots or create further damage but i mean you know this could be detrimental to his future Oh, for sure. Uh, and I think there's, I haven't heard much about this. Um, I think there really is some possibility now of him coming back for another year, depending on just how he rehabs and I mean, that rehab's what he, what he hears from, from his least. coaches and from other sources in terms of like what teams are saying about him and, and their um, caution of, of drafting him based on his injury history. Cause his injury history is pretty extensive in the, Two years, two and a half years. He's oh, been yeah. with Bama. I mean, I would, I wouldn't be surprised to see him redshirt next year, and just get like I can't imagine. This isn't like an ACL injury 
where they have crazy, you know, specific surgeries and you're back on the field in eight months. Like to to fuck your hip up that bad and to rip up those core muscles that stabilize your entire body. Like yeah, like Gardner, you said this is gonna be gonna be a long road to recovery. I don't I don't think he has any draft stock at the moment. Um, not not in April. He's probably not even going to be walking right in April. Um, I think he, the um, I think he red shirts next year, and we see him, you know, twenty I guess twenty twenty one as you know senior senior quarterback to a. I mean, it's, it's not had, crazy. Uh, isn't isn't Will Greer like like twenty six or some shit? I think he's like thirty five. Um, he's in the NFL though. Uh, but they had they had a doctor come on just to put things into perspective for you all that don't know what we're talking about. Uh, if you know what like a, an herb grinder is, you know, think about a marble or a ceramic dish, just the perfect cutout of like a, a cup, and then you have that mallet that's the perfect ball and it fits right into it. He essentially tore straight through that cup into the muscles. Uh, and broke bone while doing it, hence the fracture. Um, something that is n- close to impossible. You have to be of a certain height, certain weight, moving a certain speed. Um, nothing that the three of us could ever endure. And I'm thankful for, thankful for that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, on a uh, less depressing note, college hoops on uh on its way revving up we're going to talk to you about the top 10 here tom's going to talk to you a little bit about players to watch later on um but let's kick it off here just with this top 10 i'll run it down with the one seed sitting with duke followed by uh, louisville michigan state kansas unc maryland uva gonzaga kentucky and at number 10 ohio state Tom, to you. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's your your list as of now. Uh, Kentucky's a little low because they just lost to Evansville uh, in a massive upset. They dropped eight spots from the number one seed. Uh, but like you know, Duke, Michigan State, um, Kansas, and Kentucky all played on opening night. So you know, make what you want of it there. But uh, I think most of these teams are going to run in the top ten for most of the season. If I had to pick one to fall out, it would probably be Louisville, just because they are a they've always been a streaky team, and um, I don't know I just I don't trust Louisville amongst the top ten. Uh, I'm watching Maryland right now, and they are just like toying with Fairfield. They look good, super athletic. Uh, obviously, Duke has like you know four projected lottery picks this year. Um, it's it, it it's a very very packed uh you know top of college hoops this season i'm excited to see how it all plays out i know it's early uh but for the first time in a long time it doesn't really feel like we have you know somebody that's head and shoulders above everyone else nobody like you know the the duke team of last year where you had the triple threat of zion rj and uh cam reddish um, granted, Duke has just as much talent as last year, but uh, I think it's much more balanced, and 
you know, as I said earlier, I fucking love college hoops. It's on every night for the next like four months. Can't beat that. Yeah, definitely a good time. I mean, we've got a lot of sports rolling right now. I think, honestly, I have zero interest, and as you all probably are well aware, uh, we are not big fans of the NBA. Don't give you all much updates on it. Uh, you we, you guys aren't big fans. Yeah, say what you want, no, but correct. I don't see many updates coming from you, kid. Um, I'll, but I'll college, college football, college basketball, that is something to get excited about. You... Uh, you see the electricity in the fan base. There's a real feeling of like pride um, and competition. So it's something I actually enjoy and I'm looking forward to this season. And I know that there are a couple of young uh, stars to look out for. And I know Tom put together a little list for individuals to uh, kind of look out for on the up and coming. Yeah, so number one, Cole Anthony. Uh, freshman guard out of North Carolina. Dude has just been shooting the lights out for Roy Williams, and he's accounted for like a third of North Carolina's total points this season. Uh, he wears these goggles, which makes him look like even more of a savage. Um, I just, I love this kid. He is a monster. He should be a lottery pick. Um, and he's just a freshman, like I said. He's one and done, which you don't see a lot of at UNC. But uh, Roy Williams did a hell of a job recruiting this kid. So Cole Anthony, keep an eye out. Um, just keeping it on the freshman train here for a minute. Uh, Anthony Edwards, this kid out of Georgia, another name to watch out for. Georgia runs this like crazy, not crazy, but basically nobody has a position. It's just five guys out there trying to score. And this kid, Anthony Edwards, is dynamic. He's athletic. He's got a seven-foot wingspan. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Ja Morant, where in the sense that the hype started to build at the beginning of the season. And if this guy in Georgia can get into March Madness, uh, I would expect Anthony Edwards to put the motherfucking team on his back and have a little run here out of Georgia. Uh, that's your way-too-early uh, March Madness sleeper team prediction. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens to the Bulldogs this year. Uh, and then just lastly, I got to shout out my uh, my boy, my favorite player in college hoops, Cassius Winston, coming back for his senior year at Michigan State, trying to get Tom Izzo that championship. Uh, Could have gone to the league last year, honestly. Was playing a little bit hurt. Uh, but, you know, that just kind of shows the character that he has says, fuck it, I'm going to come back, try and win a championship. And uh, it's a big reason why Michigan State opened as the number one team this season. And even after losing to Duke on opening night, they're still number three uh, and one of the more well-rounded teams. And if uh, if they can get back Josh Langford anytime soon, they're going to be a serious threat to everybody in college hoops. Um, I think that with the knowledge that Cole Anthony is a goober goggle wearer, I'm going to keep my eyes on him because there's nothing cooler than a kid that's balling out looking like a fucking nerd. I mean, that nerd is like shooting it very well. The goggles work. Yeah. The goggles work. That's what clearly. I'm saying. I'm keeping, I'm keeping an eye on him. I might have to invest in some goober goggles myself. 
Um, all right, well, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, close things out here for you all and for us with some buzzer beaters. Harrison, we'll kick it over to you to uh, close this out, bud. Yeah, I've got something that's a little bit more interesting to me, you know. Um, that's how we do it here. And I came across this article recently that uh, if Bama is unable to make the college football playoff, there is a pretty real chance that Miami will be selected to play in the Orange Bowl versus the Crimson Tide this year, in which case I will be going to Miami not once for Gronk Beach, but twice (laughs) for the Orange Bowl. And honestly... It's brought a little bit of life back into me. Miami's season's been a little bit average, a lot of ups and downs. They seem to be figuring it out. So if they're able to win out, the reason why it works is because since there's only one ACC team that's going to be selected into the uh, college football playoff that's contingent on Clemson making it, which I think they're going to do, um, then the Orange Bowl essentially gets, just gets to select who they want to play in the Orange Bowl from the ACC. And what better team to do it than the team from Miami in terms of, of selling out the stadium. And if it's against the Crimson Tide, you better believe your boy is going to be in Fort Lauderdale or wherever the hell that stadium is. So uh, drunk. Just, just not, Des- just not, not, smog. just not completely sober. And, and uh, I think that's sick. And not to mention if that is the case, Miami does open the season next year against Bama as well. Oh, yeah, it looks like Miami uh, has a tough one at Florida International this week, and then yeah, it's going to be tough out one. against Duke. So Miami's looking to roll in the Orange Bowl at eight and four, quietly at eight and four. Not bad. Quiet. I, I think their over under this year was eight. We'll have to go back and check Wins. our Cabbage Place podcast. Yes. Do our homework on how we did. Um. All right. Well, do you have any other buzzer beaters? No sir. All right, uh, I got this. I got two two real real quickies. One, uh, VCU basketball. Uh, keep an eye out for them Rams coming in at number twenty one in the AP top twenty five poll <coughs> after handing it to Will Wade and the LSU Tigers this past weekend. Uh, as your boy was in the house, and we have one of the most complete teams in college basketball, loaded with seniors. We run like eight nine deep with confidence. Uh, we got one of the best freshmen, best names in all of hoops, Bones Highland. Dude is just an elite scorer, four-star recruit, uh, freshman that just fits in seamlessly with our old guys. We don't really have that like one or two like killer players, but we play a great team-style basketball. And uh, I think this is the year. I think this is the year VCU makes their run. We are poised. We are, you know battle tested we had our run last year that got cut short by the 50 foot tall taco fall nothing you can really do about that uh but keep an eye out for them ramps and uh lastly i know you guys well i guess you'll see how he did but carmelo anthony is back in the nba signing with the portland trailblazers and playing tonight boo he looks good too say say what you want about carmelo the guy is a fucking baller. Carmelo just balls. He's not a teammate. He's, he's just a baller. He's a ghost, man. He's the ghost of the NBA. He just never never disappears. Uh, it's because he's nasty. But uh, I'm excited. I think he's kind of accepted 
you know, he had some differences with, you know, I guess, uh, every team he's ever played for. But actually, I take it back. He looks like shit. <laughs> he started off hot. He's four of fourteen shooting for ten points. He's minus eighteen on the night, and they're losing to the Pelicans by eleven points. Tom, I also got to say, for the seats that you had, just pitiful coverage on end of regulation for the VCU matchup. Uh, I blame the alcohols. Uh, <laughs> you know what? T-Pain said it best. Um, all right, well, that is all for tonight. Thank you, as always, for joining us. It was a goddamn pleasure. I love being here every week with you all. Make sure that you go ahead and click the link in our bio or check us out on iTunes or Spotify and subscribe or both. That works for us too. We would love to have you. Please go and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We will make sure not only to keep you educated and informed but also entertained. And lastly, as always, we want to make sure that we serenade you on the way out. So... For music history, on this day, in 1996, Mob Deep released their third album, Hell on Earth. So ladies and gentlemen, enjoy. Peace. Yo, the saga begins. Begin war, I'll draw first blood, be the first to set it off. My cause, tap all jaws, lay down laws. We take it with yours, we do jokes, rust the doors. It kind of D's, time to make breeze of guns toss. In full force, some team will go at your main source. My nine Taurus, hit bosses and take houses. Your whole setup, from the ground up, we lock shit. Blood flood your eye, fuck up your optics. Switch to kill instincts, for niggas pop shit. Your nigga noise, what's the topic? Nine pound, we rocked it. 96 strike back with more hot shit. Illuminate my team will glow like radiation with no time for patient or complication. Let's get it done right, my click airtight. Trapped in the never ending gunfights, and niggas lose strikes and lose life. Jail niggas sending kites to the street over some beef that wasn't fully cooked. Finish them off, well done, me. Then said twin two slug the ahead. Travel all the way down the LA. Hey yo, it's hell on earth. Who's next? I'm gonna be first. The project's frontline, and the enemy is one time. I ain't gotta tell you. It's right in front of your eye. And yo, what's hell on earth? Who's next? I'm gonna be first. The projects is frontline, and the enemy is one time. I ain't gotta tell you. Yo, it's right in front of your eye. We rep the QBC, nigga rep yours, it's all love. Millie stacked down, heavily guarded by hollow tip slug. Then crack down, I wanna be thugs, adapt the gas sound and bow down. Slow the fuck up, see how I'm foul now? Articulate, hitting body parts to start shifting shit. Never hesitate, it's the rap game unlimited. Sign my roster, we can do this forever infinite. Then reminisce, 20 years later, how we was getting it. Either with me, go against the grain, you better hit me. Legging me, you're robbing me, niggas better body me, cause it's a small world, the niggas talk. Like bitches, bitches singing like snitches, pointing you out in pitches. Cause she wept the beauty seat faithfully, play you hating me. All that bullshit is just making me more the better. The concentrator getting cheddar. Your shorty set you up, you better deader. I told you, shape and mold you, son you, then I hold you. Like a pimp, my control you, double edge, blow you, handle BI, like I'm supposed to. The click is coastal, international, you local. McCarty mix, physically fixed. Hit you with shit, then I leave a loose nigga stiff, properly fixed. Son, I solved them. Pulled them in my world, then involved them. The chaos, walk the beat like around the wake cop. The app is pissed out. QB City, golf, all the part three. Got a Gambino and Ty Nitty. Scarface, rest in peace. Who's next? I'm gonna be first. 
the projects is front line And the enemy is one time I ain't gotta tell you And yo, it's right in front of your eyes Hell on earth, who's next are gonna be first The projects is front line And the enemy is one time I ain't gotta tell you And yo, it's right in front of your eyes Yo, the heavy metal king hold big shit with spare clips Clips when the max spit, your top got split. Laying dead with open eyes, close his eyelids. Turn off his light, switch the darkness. It's deep enough, it's a street life. Blood on my kick, shit on my knife. Use the wild child, kick or turn him in into mice. I was born to take power, leave my mark on this planet. The phantom of crime rap, niggas is left stranded. Shut down your operation, close for business. Leave a foul taste in your mouth like Guinness. POW niggas is found, MIA. We move like the special forces, green beret. Heavily around my throat, I don't. Playing shit brand new Back in 89 the same way The guard P Walk with a limp C But simply To simplify shit No man could go against me Test me You must be Benty Don't tempt me I had this full clip For so long It needs to empty The reason why I fall for so long Cause I don't waste it You properly hit Blood in your mouth So you can taste it Quiet is kept I lay back And watch the world spin I hear thugs Claiming that they're gonna Rob the mob when they see us I tell you what black Here's the issue It's a package deal You rob me You take these missiles Along with that I ain't your average cat, fuck rap I'm tryna make cream in that stack Whatever it takes, I have it got to go down Four mics on stage, a motherfucker four pound Speakers leaking out sound, the niggas leaking on the ground I could truly care less, the guard gon' get his Regardless, blow for blow, let's find out who it hardest This rap artist used to be a stick-up artist Sometimes I test myself, see if I still got it Alive niggas stay on point, never disregard shit Or forget the essence from which I emerge PS6 and say that bullshit for the Birds, Live up to my words. If I got beef, niggas coming in herds. We flush through your click, get purged.